following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! His martyr centering and scores. Michael Butting. And they pick up where they left off in a hurry here in Washington. Two on one, shorthanded Wilson. Wilson fires, he scores! And the Leafs working ahead. Egg ball, empty net to seal the deal. And the Leafs have a 2 0 lead with a 101 to go. And that, boys and girls, is what I would term the good, the bad, and the ugly. From Monday night. Welcome to the Bob Matthews Podcast. Delighted to have you along here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Capitals drop their third straight and fifth in a row at home. Something we are not accustomed to seeing them do as they lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-3. to three. And let's just call it like it is. This is not a great team right now. And you got to start to wonder if it's a team that Brian McClellan needs to make some wholesale changes on at the end of the year. We know that they want to keep the core together for Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom, but they seem to be losing ground faster and faster. Uh, They are now behind the Bruins for the first wildcard spot. They're still comfortably ahead of Columbus in the race for the second wildcard spot. Right now, if the playoffs were to start today, they would play the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs team. I don't think right now you can say that they're better than. Now, there is still about 25, 26 games left, so there's still time to get right. But you have to wonder if the way this roster is constructed, if this team can't. We're going to talk with Samantha Pell about that from the Washington Post in just a few minutes in another edition of For Whom the Pell Tolls. Uh, But first, we got to go into the locker room. Not much really Peter Laviolette could say after this game. They fell behind early. They scratched and clawed to get back into it. And then another defensive miscue. And they were down 4-3. to So here's Lavi trying to explain it yet again. You can go back and look at the goals. We made a mistake on the goals, and it ends up in the back of the net. Um, the ending of the first period was tough. You know, we're, you're looking at a game where it's it's tight. I thought we generated a lot. Uh, we didn't give up much until the end, and then we let up two goals towards the end of the, the first period, and that's, that's not good, you know. Um, good fight to come back in the game. And you get it to a point where you're, you know, you're pushing down the stretch and, you know, you just got to keep moving forward and, you know, again, a mistake, and, and that's it. No doubt he is uh, pretty frustrated 
after last night. Um, it, it, you know, it is. It's the same thing over and over again, I think. And that's that um, they just they make some key mistakes and they don't they can't overcome them. And those key mistakes lead to lead to the goals that are the difference. And it's it's something that they've got to figure out a way to solve and, and do it quickly. Uh, Tom Wilson had a good game, and that was good to see. He scored his 15th and 16th goals of the season. Uh, first one on the power play, second one on a shorthander. I mean, we probably need to start a little bit better in our in our uh, on home ice. They're a fast team, so you know it's easier said than done sometimes. But they come with a lot of speed and a lot of skill. Um, I think once we found our game, we realized how to kind of tilt the ice, and they didn't get much. Um, but when you're playing a team like that, you know you give them a little bit of space. There, they're going to make plays, and um, you know. It, a little bit of a four-on-four four there, and at the end of the game, and um, they find a way to get one. It's a, it's a tough one, but um, you know we'll just keep moving forward here. Connor Sherry echoed those same uh, sentiments after the game, saying that uh, the team is pretty frustrated with the way that it's playing at home. Uh, but it is not just at home where the Caps have got to improve, in his opinion. Yeah, I think. Uh... And it's not really just at home. I feel like the last month or so, we've kind of just been letting letting games slip away from us a little bit. And I mean, six in a row at home is obviously not a good sign. But um, like Willie said, I think we're we're putting together good games. It just seems like one lapse or two laps, and uh, we're giving up goals and um, in our coverage. And um, yeah, those ones sting when you give up a late goal like that and you're not able to climb back in and, and tie it up. But um, we got to find a way. We, we know we have the answers in the room, and we just got to find a way to string a couple wins together and start at home on Thursday. When we come back, Capitals insider Samantha Pell of the Washington Post joins us as we dive into both what ails the Caps now and we also talk about Alex Ovechkin's comments on the Russia-Ukraine war. He was asked about it late last week. That's next on the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Attention, Hoops fans. It is that time of the year, isn't it? And here's the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and it's too good to pass up. I am talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team, earn $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. And Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You don't have to worry because you can still have a shot at a big payday. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 years and over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. 
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time for another edition of For Whom the Pell Tolls. That means we turn to Capitals insider Samantha Pell of the Washington Post. How are you, my friend? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, doing good, you know. We'll just see kind of what this three-game homestand kind of brings for the Caps. But yeah, doing good. It ought to be interesting. I guess the first question that everybody has, uh, when they talk to me at least, is what the hell is going on? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really the Caps have been kind of just in some downward spiral, I think. You know, the low point of all this is really the game in Philly and, you know, losing the way that they did, just kind of unable to get anything offensively going, giving up two goals early and just kind of spiraling from there. So, yeah, they're really in a hard place right now. They are still in a wild card spot. Uh, for a postseason run, but Columbus still is kind of kind of closing in on them. I mean, it, you know, 10 points, so you're talking five games, which shouldn't be a problem, but then again, we keep saying, well, it shouldn't be a problem, but it's kind of out there on the horizon. You're right. What do you think the problem is, Sam? I mean, you see this team literally every day of the week. Um, is there one thing that you can put your finger on, or is it a, a bunch of different things? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, I think, for a long portion of the season. We've always pointed to goaltending as the biggest question mark and that area they still need to obviously improve on. But now it's not only goaltending, it's the offense, it's the defense, it's the special teams, it's the power play actively costing them games, you know, when other teams are getting shorthanded chances and rushes the other way. So really, it's everything. And that's really not a great answer. Um, but they're just kind of struggling across the board right now. And I think everyone is kind of saying the same thing. They need to all take a collective deep breath, get it together. They understand there's not really panic right now, but there is a sense of urgency. No, I, and I, I think that's, that's a great answer. That's, you know, that's what I was thinking. It seems like one day, I, I think the Philly game is, is a perfect indication of it. Yeah, Samsonov gives up a, a cheap goal there 11 seconds into the game. But he hunkered down and he only gave up one more the whole game. You get a goalie that gives up just two goals. You know, you should be able to win that game, especially if you're if you think you can make a deep run in the postseason. And so, you know, now it it, it seems like it's offensively they just can't score. Um, is is there any concern that uh, I saw some stats on on both Lars Eller and Nicholas Backstrom and I know Backstrom was out for a large part of the season, but the two of them, their their production has really fallen down. I mean, do we need to start thinking that maybe, unfortunately, this the shelf life on some of this core is maybe expired? Yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely getting to that point, right? I mean, the narrative for the last few years has been, okay, you've been out in the first round. The last few years, all pretty much the same thing of, you know, maybe they look like they've given up at times and, you know, a lot of injuries, they've looked old. And I think honestly, this season Backstrom, I think we can't really look too much into it just because of the hip injury and coming off of it and all of that work and effort to be kind of put back in this spot and be expected to be the player that he was before all this, I think is kind of asking a lot, but I do understand, you know, from the fans point of view where they're coming from and, you know, with his contract, he should be able to perform better than he probably is right now. I think Lars Eller is also another person that, 
Yeah, he's underperforming, I think, statistically. And when you just watch him play, it doesn't seem like the Lars Eller that everyone's used to. But you also look at his wingers and they've been all over the place, right? He hasn't had any sense of consistency. It's normally been young guys like Connor McMichael or Joe Snively or, um, you know, Brett Leeson or just a lot of really young guys, Daniel Sprong. So I think there's something to that too. But I do agree that, you know, yeah, their centers do all need to step up across the board. You just brought up a very interesting uh, point, very interesting word, and I want to ask you about it, consistency. In the game of hockey, how much of that, obviously guys get hurt and guys aren't 100% every night, but you're right, Laviolette has shuffled the lines constantly this year. So how much does it, can it really affect a center when he is playing with, it seems like, a different pair of wingers every game? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's it's mostly just familiarity, right? You know, on defense, a lot of the guys always talk about, oh, you know, having a consistent D partner always helps, but we play with so many guys so often the lines get, you know, tangled up and we play with everyone at some point eventually during the game. But there is something to say about a consistent line, like an Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson, right? Everyone mm-hmm. knows that line works. We Everyone knows that Leviolette goes back to that line when maybe things aren't going well. So there's always a sense of, if you know who you're playing with, you know their tendencies, you pick it up. That's why the fourth line with Dowd and Hagelin and Hathaway works so well. It's because they know each other. And it sounds very cliche and maybe too easy, but that is just kind of how it works. And anything in repetition is going to be easier. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Ovechkin, um, so let's get into it. We all saw the the press conference. I guess it was Friday. Um, it, you know, my sense was he was kind of trying to – skate pardon the pun on a on a line that's about as wide as the blade of a hockey skate but off the ice off, when the camera's not on it and you guys are around are, are we missing anything between the lines um both you know, with Ovechkin when it when it comes to the war between Russia and Ukraine I mean I I personally think it's very straightforward with him I think his comments were honestly, probably more than I thought he was going to say on it. I thought we were going to get kind of no comment. And, you know, I'm an athlete. I'm not in politics, like he's kind of said in the past. So I think for him to come out and say what he did say, and, you know, eventually saying, please, no war, I, I do think that was farther than a lot of people thought he would go. And I understand the frustration from a lot of people, but his family is back in Russia. Um, obviously, he has been outspoken in the past. And it's just kind of, if he says anything either way, he's going to get criticism, right? This is mm-hmm. a very, very complicated issue. And I don't think anyone, including myself, is going to pretend to be a foreign expert on anything that's happening. So I think overall, he said what he wanted to say. And from at least his perspective and the team's perspective, they're going to stick with that and move on. How does he seem? I guess you saw him, you know, in Philadelphia. Uh, you saw him at the morning skate today. I mean, does he, and for that matter, uh, Orlov and, and Kuznetsov and Samsonov too, do they seem any different, um, you know, stressed out, emotional, whatever, because of all of this? I mean, I would say Alex is usually very fun and joking around. And I think there's definitely more of a serious tone. I think it's something that's, you know, you can tell that's been weighing on him. I don't think it's a, um, I don't know. I do think it's more serious than maybe people do think. And he did take some time to think about his comments the other day and make sure he was saying everything right in his mind. So, yeah, I I do think it's a little bit more subdued from him. I'm not sure, you know, as we kind of get closer to him breaking more milestones and all of these things that are supposed to be celebrated, how his reaction is going to be. I think it's kind of just a wait and see. And obviously his family comes first and foremost to him. So 
he's going to probably have a lot weighing on his mind the next few weeks or months. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm going to be interested to see how he is uh, received tonight when he steps on the ice. Although I imagine it's going to be overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, I think so. You mean, I mean, in New York, there were a couple of boos, but there were also a couple of boos for Tom Wilson as well. So exactly. <laughs> really in Philadelphia, you know, there was nothing I would assume in DC, he's going to get his normal kind of welcome that he's always had. And, I think, yeah, people are just kind of kind of read his comments and it's going to be up to them to kind of form an opinion on it. Yeah. All right. So uh, as we record this, the Capitals are getting ready to uh, play the Toronto Maple Leafs. By the way, we get the whole Connor McMichael, Connor McDavid thing that we're so fond of conspiratorially tonight. Um, based on regardless of what happens tonight, final score wise, what do we besides a win? need to see do you think out of this team to say that they're finally coming out of this and that it's not a lower low than we had in philadelphia i definitely this sounds so easy but they need to score offensively yeah. like they need to have goals scored by their top guys i mean alex ovechkin kuznetsov backstrom tom wilson i think has been um you know one of the guys that probably needs to step up in this latest stretch like those guys need to actually score goals i don't think we can you know see more goals from garnet hathaway or you know joe snively or some of these guys that are you know obviously around to provide secondary scoring but they shouldn't be the primary goal scorers like they kind of have been in the last couple of weeks what is there any can anybody put a finger on on why that's happened or do you see anything out there that's different in you know to why the, the big guys aren't scoring in bunches yeah, I mean, the last couple of games, the Cavs have been actually pretty content with their scoring chances. I mean, they had a lot in New York. They felt like they probably played some of their best hockey in New York, and it just kind of turned absolutely the wrong way in the third period. They kind of seemed a little bit snake bitten. Guys were getting the looks. You know, there's a lot of backdoor looks that I thought were going to go in and just went completely wide. So I think overall, they're there. They're getting their chances. They just can't capitalize. And once again, I think it's probably just repetition and going over and over and maybe a little bit of luck along the way. We shall see. Samantha Pell, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it and uh, have a good game tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Our thanks as always to Samantha Pell for coming in and helping us. All right. Caps and Hurricanes coming up Thursday night at Capital One Arena. If they want to get right, this would be a hell of a time to do it, but it ain't going to be easy either. We'll talk to you after the game. Have a good one, folks. Don't forget, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white.